Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always. It's the master of receipts, Mr. NYJ Matt. How are you, buddy? It's good to be back. Training camp underway, a lot of good content. It's always tough in the summer. There's like that gap between free agency, the draft, you know, big hype for 30 days, and you kind of get quiet for a month. And, and we're finally back. A lot of good stories coming out of camp, but the biggest thing right now is Quan Alexander signing for what was it, 850K with like a 400K signing bonus, 1.2 million for a starter who's going to be, you know, add another veteran to the defense and we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, like Quan was like the last contract that Quan Alexander signed, the last big deal was a four year, $54 million deal with the Niners in 2018. So it just shows you that's the kind of player that he is and how he's viewed around the league. And it's just smart. Look, you can't go into the season if you're the Jets with Quincy Williams as your number one, you know, inside linebacker next to CJ Mosley. What are we going to get from Hamza? What are we going to get from Jamie and Sherwood? So, I mean, people wanted Quan Alexander all offseason. Now he's on the Jets for a very affordable deal. Yeah. And, and look, it's weird. Guys like Hamza and Jamie and Sherwood, they were two top 10 like high school recruits that were safeties. Like coming out of high school, they were two top 10, like all Americans, top 100 players. So you know they're athletic. They went to some big schools like Florida State and uh, Auburn, and then they play okay and they move to linebacker. So I, I, there are two guys that I always like hype myself up after. Like I'm like, all right, these guys are going to come in and be a spot starter one day, but it's good and have them be backups. Hopefully they both make the roster, which you never know based on the Jets actually have some pretty good depth now that there are going to be tough cuts come late August. But overall, I think, I think the Jets are going to be in a good spot. So Quan, I'm happy with the signing. I think he brings another veteran piece and him and Mosley being two veterans in that locker room, just going to keep getting better. If you look at every level of the Jets defense, you look at the D-line, you have a nice mix of veterans and younger guys. You have Jermaine Johnson and you got Carl Lawson. You know, you have, uh, you have Mosley and Quan, and then you got the young guys that we just talked about. You have DJ Reed and you have Sauce Gardner. Um, so it's nice. And the, the Jets finally do have that mix where we're, you know, there are those veterans that you can rely on. I mean, this, you know, they just finished, what, the 30th, 31st defense last year. Just some games were just not competitive. The Patriots scored 50 points. The Bills scored 45 points. The, the Colts, Colts scored 48 or whatever. That was another disaster. So, you know, you don't want to see that anymore. And and it's been weird because even the, the last decade, you know, Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. Um, right. The defense has always been – kind of the backbone of the team and it was weird to see last year like those those three games i just mentioned were like and keep really on the defense uh, we we are like the most positive jets podcast out there but there was one thought that crossed my mind today it's you have guys like brandon Eccles, bryce hall michael carter the second younger you know javelin gidry younger guys that have played really meaningful snaps in the nfl like they are playing real games and then you you cut and paste a DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner. You have two other guys in the secondary coming in and Whitehead and Joyner now starting right after being out last year with an injury. Their snaps are going to be cut. And I wonder how that transition is from being a rookie or being a young player like an Eccles, Carter II, Bryce Hall. And now you're either a backup 
or getting no snaps, maybe on special teams. So I think that that's going to be an interesting comp based on the, our two starting corners last year now being the three and four and potentially lower on the depth chart. Yeah, I mean, Bryce Hall is going to have a chance to, to win the job. I'm sure Eccles will too. Some people are higher on Eccles. I thought Hall was always the superior player, but it's kind of a controversial opinion, I guess. Yeah. But it's going to be weird because you mentioned it. Um, the chemistry of this team has been really positive. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, if these guys aren't playing, are they going to keep up that attitude? Uh, Michael Carter said the right thing. He just he did an interview this week where they asked him about Brees Hall, and he basically said, like, last year, everyone took him under their wing. And, and he's like, why would I not do the same thing to Brees, which is good. Right. Like, good. you want to see it happen, you know, guys start deleting stuff out of their profile on Instagram, you know, a weird interview here or there, the Jets start off 0-3, whatever, people start getting pissed. I don't think that's going to be the case. It seems like a really strong room, but yeah, with great depth. Comes you want great. you want everyone to eat, exactly. And then we, yes. we're going to we'll get into it in a minute, but the offense has guys that, if you look at what they're projected to go out, Zach Wilson has to have a good year or these guys aren't going to be able to eat, right? You have two legit running backs now that are good prospects. You have four to five receivers that are going to want it. You're going to have two tight ends, not including the rookie tight end that you drafted, but all obviously kind of lands on Zach. I think Zach could have like an average to an ant here that we're not thrilled going into year three. We're going to be happy, but I think the Jets could have that type of year from him and still win seven to eight games if the rest of the players play up to their level. But through three days at camp, I love the fact that we're seeing a good day, day one, a really good day, day two. And even when he struggled today and threw two bad balls or two picks, whatever it might be, he was dominant on third down in the red zone against a defense, right? That without pads on, Still, guys flying around, good talent, thrilled through three days. Zach Wilson's doing everything right. And the Jets have a really good quarterback room with Flacco and Mike White. We'll just say that yeah. out there. So, overall, there's good depth in that group. Yeah. No, people don't realize either. Also, if Zach Wilson throws for 220 yards per game, which is not lighting the world on fire. You know, that's what, for example, Sam Darnold threw for more than 220 yards per game in his second year. Then he will, and he plays 17 games, he'll throw for 3,800 yards, 3,700 yards. So, and then you will see guys have a normal season, like maybe Corey Davis will have a thousand yards or Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore, and some of the running backs will eat. The Jets tweeted out a cool video today of uh, AVT and Becton blocking together on the right side. I don't know if you saw that. Yep. I was like, whew. I was, I was looking at some of the better, you know, the Jets have had some pretty good offensive linemen in their history. But you don't really hear about the right side of the line. You know, you always hear about Mangold and Kevin Mawai and, um, you know, even Marvin Powell. But then he moved to the right side and the guys, but and the brick, of course. But yeah, this is going to be one of those could be a dominant unit, man. Like, I, I think I'm most high on the Jets. I, I think, you know, you have the, the front four is going to have a lot of hype and the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to really make a name for itself in the league this year it's just cool if that's the strength of our team like you you always talk about having an identity that's your big thing and what if your identity is that you have an above average passing offensive line but you have two really good running backs both different style and the best right side potentially in the nfl of, of a young core that you're building a right guard and right tackle it's pretty cool and the reason i perked up when you said 220 yards per game because you're right in a normal franchise that doesn't light the world on fire but only three quarterbacks, and it's hilarious, have ever had over the average for the Jets over 220 yards per game. 
I don't I don't know if you can get it, but they're like insanely random but hilarious. Is Patrick? Fitzpatrick is number two at 220.5. So he's the second highest. He's oh. over 220. Brett Favre. Brett Favre is in fourth. He's at like 217. Oh, so he threw for like 3,600 yards. Yeah. And then, I uh, know oh, he threw for like 3,400 yards because they played 16. Uh, is Darnold? Darnold wouldn't be there after 2020. Darnold's fifth. He's right behind Favre. So the, one of them is a, a current head coach in the NFL. Oh. And well, there's two. be an easy answer. I just can't say something about Kevin O'Connell. So, so it's either <laughs> it's either Cliff Kingsbury or Frank Reich. Yeah, Frank Reich. Will go. So then yeah. number one by a long shot, 238 yards per game. 238 Mike, yards per game is what? Uh Vinny? Mike White. Mike White is the leader. Yeah. What so is Vinny? Vinny's he like some... he's low. He's like 10th or 11th. Yeah, because like 2001, he threw for like 2,900 yards in the whole season. But Zach is so low because he had like games where he had like 92 passing yards. Brutal. Yeah, and then you got games where you got hurt, you come out. It's like that skews it, especially you only played what 13 games last year. So look, if Zach throws for 3,800 yards, it's gonna feel good. Even if it doesn't, you know, light the world on fire, which means like we need consistency. When's the last time a Jets quarterback played 16 or 17? Fits, right? 2015. And he got hurt briefly for one game. He missed the whole Raiders game, but he technically started. Right. He like he slid in the first series and hurt his finger. I was going to tweet the other day. I was looking through my drafts. And to your point before how sometimes the offseason gets pretty slow, I was going to tweet a one-yard touchdown from Kellen Davis from Geno Smith in 2015. Every time and I hear Kellen Davis, I think of the Buffalo game. Yeah, well, what the fuck am I doing? The wor- Is this the – most uninteresting touchdown maybe in the history of the team. The Jets lost that game 34 to 20. But dude, how about Mims in, in, in camp so far? It's gonna Mims sound like a, you edited that, but that just was a weird transition. Yeah, no, Mims is, is it's the odd man out when you look at like you have three legit studs and then you have Braxton Barrios who you want to get the ball, and then your fifth, sixth is Denzel Mims or Jeff Smith, however you want to play it. They also have a few undrafted guys that they really like at wide receiver. Uh, I think Irv Charles is one of them. The, the one at running back, though, is Zavon, what is it, Zonovan Knight? Zonovan Knight, yeah. What's the meaning was tweeting about him? Yeah, yeah. So, look, overall, I think Mims is, you know, it's great that even last year when he was struggling, he was like, I want to play a special team. So do something. You can run 4-4. Four, four. You, you know, brutal offseason last year with getting sick and, there's COVID issues. I get it all. Didn't know the playbook, but he's a good guy. It seems like a normal, like he seems like a, uh, his personality seems like Julio Jones. Like a, I care about football. I'm kind of quiet. I'm not going to make a big name for, for, you know, make a, a headline the next morning. So Mims, I'm okay with. If, if we're going down the line though, running back does feel like, I don't know how they're going to split the carries. And I don't know if, Michael Carter at the end of the day is going to feel the same way he does today because Michael Carter for everything he he played a really good second half of the year too because remember how many times he got hit behind the line of scrimmage like immediately gets smashed for one yard I think he averaged over four yards a carry to end the year after he was at like 3.2 halfway through the year and we're like is he going to be a 18 down back like I don't I don't think he's gonna have 18 carries a game I think he's more of like a 12 13 guy that kind of attacks out of the passing game but now you have Brees Hall who's like an all everything, all you know, all around every down running back. Yeah, and this will help the Jets keep the ball more. I think 
we keep talking about how the Jets just seem to never have the football. So they're going to run the ball more effectively. Right. Defense is significantly improved. More opportunities for Zach to throw for his 220 yards per game. But yeah, no, Michael Carter, I agree with you. Big personality. Um, and, you know, you want to contribute. And I think, you know, to say that Michael Carter is in danger of not contributing is not true. Right. But is he going to be the number one guy? I really doubt it. It looks like Brees Hall, by all metrics, every time, you know, you see the stats on Twitter where there was only a couple running backs that graded out to a certain level in college, mm-hmm. and it's Derrick Henry and it's Adrian Peterson or whoever, it's insane players. You watch the tape, you know, just highlights to the literal tape. Um I mean, the guy is, especially behind that line. This is a real line. I, I'm surprised the Jets' offensive line isn't getting more hype around. PFF did rank them 13. I'm a classic. If PFF gives me a good stat, I'm going to talk about it. When they give a bad stat, I'm going to call it terrible. <laughs> so this is a good stat. They ranked them 13, which is cool. I saw Matt Miller tweeted something nice about the Jets' interior Off Matt offensive line. Matt, do you remember Matt Miller with the whole Deshaun Watson? Yeah, what did he say about Watson? So, Well, first off, in the 2019 or 2018 draft, Matt Miller – projected one correct draft pick one Saquon <laughs> Barkley, <laughs> Barkley the Giants and then someone tried to some team traded up or down and then ended up getting the player he wanted but it wasn't in the spot so I count it for one for 32 and then the caveat before Deshaun Watson was an asshole and everyone knew he was a scumbag the Jets obviously were interested potentially in trading for him and he said that he would there is not one chance on the planet that the Jets would trade for him. And I challenged that theory. I said, obviously, they could happen. So he was like, let's make a bet. Like, I'll donate $5,000 to a charity of your choice if they don't. And it's, it's, he said, like, the worst deal ever. And everyone just ratioed him even more. It was so bad. So Matt, <laughs> Matt Miller, I, I don't think he's a bad guy. He's like a random, just like football dude that came out from wherever PFF. But he's yeah. one of those guys who notably, notoriously says bad things about the Jets. So when I saw that, he, he ranked that uh, someone asked who's going to be the best interior offensive line in the league. And he said the Chiefs are right up there um, with, you know, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. But he said, watch out for the sleeper New York Jets. You know, I mean, look at this is a legitimate offensive line. You have George Fant, who was terrific last year by all metrics. And then you have the Pro Bowl guard, Lakin Tomlinson. You have Mr. Connor McGovern, who was good last year. He graded out well. AVT is being disrespected by Madden, and I can't have it. There's That's no reason he should be a 74. Why it's is he fucking, It's fucking stupid. You can't the do that. Same rating as Ashton Davis. That's uh, fucking ridiculous. Are you kidding? I swear to God, they're both 74. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I know. I know that make you mad. And then Becton, I think Becton dude is going to have a sick year. Even, you know, Samini is going to tweet about him laboring through practice. But I, I honestly, th- I'm a Becton guy. Like, I thought Samini's tweet was fine. All he said is, like, it was. Oh, Becton took it a was. knee. And then Becton's like, you're ugly. Or we're like, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was fine too, but it's just, Samini, even if like nothing happens, Samini would have tweeted something about Becton in practice. But. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a But lie. then I feel like we hit in the offense. Elijah Moore's going to pop. Garrett Wilson's going to pop. Garrett Wilson's looked really good the past two days. I think the, the biggest thing on defense, we've talked about the improved secondary. We talked about the veteran linebackers, but. You finally, you have Lawson back. You have a first-round edge guy. You have JFM, who's a monster on the inside. You have other guys. And, of course, you have a third overall pick five years ago from Quinnen. 
is this the year that he's going to go from being really damn good to being like, hey, you got to give me a massive four or five year contract now? Yeah. Hopefully. So everything's coming up Jets right now. Well, defense, though, what, what, what's your what's your biggest concern? I would say the biggest concern overall, and this is probably not what you're going to say. I know mine. Yeah. I, I think I it's the, to say mine. I think it's the chemistry <laughs> on the back end because what I can't have happen because I, I we watched teams run for like six yards of carry against us for a quarter of the season last year. So what I don't want to happen is never to have the football. So as long as you stop the run, I just need third down stops on the outside. And I think early on, Sauce Garner and DJ Reed. And the new guys in the back end, four truly new starters, because Joyner was out last year, and whatever you want to do with the others, you know, Whitehead and whoever you want to pair them up with him, if it's, if it's Joyner or Ashton Davis or Pinnock, I just want them to have good, good enough chemistry to get off the field. That is my biggest thing. I think they're going to play fine, but I just need them to get off the field. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the run defense because, you know, the Jets were horrific in run D last year. Um, and then you lose Foley Fatukasi, who is arguably your best run defender. So... It seems like kind of a gaping hole at defensive tackle. You, I mean, JFM is going to slide in. I don't view him as a traditional run-stopping nose tackle. You still have Nathan Shepard. You have um, what's his face, Solomon Thomas. You know, you know Sheldon Rankins. So they're deep, but they better be able to side. Especially week one is going to be a, a early test. But the good thing with the Jets is they upgraded their run defense in other ways. So you have. Jordan Whitehead is a terrific run defender. DJ Reed graded out, I think, number two in terms of stopping the run of all corners last year. Quan Alexander now is, is fast. And Nanny had a good tweet about Quan where, uh, you know, taking away those screens and those dump-off passes, I think. Like top 10 in the past four years in that stat, right? Like zone linebacker zone coverage, pass coverage. So that's a really good stat. And that's something that destroyed the Jets last year. It looked like every time – a team through a screen pass. It was like the first screen that the Jets defense ever saw. But yeah. yeah. And the good news is 14 days, 14 days till we watch them throw on the jerseys. I like preseason. I can't believe people get mad about the preseason. I got mad when they got rid of one of the games, to be honest. When is the game? The 13th? The 12th. The 12th. Friday night in Philly. Wow. All right. I, li- I literally almost said out loud, we should go. And then I realized how I don't want to go and I'd rather watch on TV. <laughs> I definitely don't want to go to a preseason game. It's just like a tease. Right. You know, it's like if <laughs> I think horrible. No, yeah, don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Tell me after. I, um, did you see me get into the fight on Twitter last night? Which one? I don't know. Oh, oh with who, the, the, the religious guy? Yeah. The, um, <laughs> Wait, who is the guy? He just, he tweet, I have a video. He tweets me every, all the time. And then I, he has a, like a religious store and I gave him a one star rating. Um, and said you didn't like the Quan Alexander signing, and then immediately he was nice to me. He's like, "Oh, my brother in green. We're gonna like just we disagree or whatever." And I'm like, "You're mad that I gave your store a one star on Yelp for your whatever they sell these dumb religious artifacts." Um, we got nine minutes left in the Zoom, right? So we got to rip off some of the mailbag questions. Ready? Yeah. So we did a mailbag every week. We do a pod. We try to get a mailbag out there. We got some really good questions. Some really good ones. Did you read them yet? I read a couple of them, but I was working. Okay. I mean, I know you were too, but it wasn't. This is like a non jet related question. Do you think Harambe was rightfully killed? Um, or were the girl's rights infringed upon when he was shot dead? Hashtag jet up. You know, like you don't want a child in the pit with, with Harambe, but you know, Harambe did he show signs of violence? 
not that I know of. Were his rights infringed upon when he was shot and murdered? Probably. I, <laughs> but that was so ridiculous. Was like, the, the video of him, he drags the kid around like <laughs> without like any dragging around that gorilla pit. And then people are like, oh, has to be shot. <laughs> people are like, his fatherly instincts are taking in. He wanted to save, like, dude, he was trying to play basketball with that kid. He was throwing him around. <laughs> probably, um, I wouldn't, uh, yeah. It, the kid's probably a dumb kid anyway for jumping into the gorilla pit. So whatever. Who, I'm, get, who jumps in a gorilla pit? How do you even get over the railing? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a bad parenting. Bad parenting. I would, uh, I would have kept him alive. I would have tried to like stun him. Isn't there like a maybe? If, I guess if you Either? try to stun him or like hit him with a dart that makes him go to bed, it might make him more irritated for the short term before he falls asleep. So maybe that's what they're afraid of. But distract him. Maybe throw a banana somewhere. Yeah, that area. was from that was from our boy Ben Labis. We have yeah. Joe Laverta. Love, oh, Joe. love Joe. If we somehow don't win the division this year and only get a <laughs> wild card spot, who should we want to win the division? Great question. Oh, uh, that is a good question. I, I think have, I have an easy answer. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Buffalo. We know yeah, Buffalo is good. They're great. They probably should win the division. If Miami hops us and wins, I would not like it because that means they're good. And we know Buffalo is still good, so they can come right back and fuck New England. But good question, but I'm going with Buffalo. New England's always the last resort. Yes, I agree. Yeah, and it probably never ever was like that until 20 years ago. Yeah. They I mean, win- the Patriots, they beat the Jets in the playoffs in 80 and 81. No, 85, they beat the Jets in the playoffs. So you probably get a little pissed, but, yeah, you know, division bullshit. Buffalo Jets fan, great follow on Twitter. Yes. Had the question of the day for me. Would you rather drink beers with Feeney and Wilson or smoke cigars with Douglas and Sala? Wow. I think I know where you're going to land, but I, I have a definitive <laughs> answer for me. I mean, it's interesting. Feeney and Wilson is an interesting duo because Will, Zach Wilson's younger than us and Dan Feeney's older than us. So that would be an interesting dynamic. I want to hear about the ins and outs of the team, though. I want to tell Joe Douglas, like, you got to sign this guy, like, Nice trade for Jamal, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, like what do you really it. think of of like Mackay Beckton's way to solve? Like you, you have to pick that one. Yes, and I would rather drink than I love a good cigar. I'd rather drink, but we would hang out with the boys and we have a good night with Zach and Feeney. But they don't know the ins and outs of the Jets' operation as well as like GM and head coach do. And it would be They're so much give fun. us generic answers. Yeah, I'd be like Zach, how's it been? He'd be like, it's been cool. You know, like playing with the guys, whatever, man. The second. It's a good, it's a good question, but yeah, I'm going with the coaches and the GM. How many wins will the Jets get this year, and why will it be 12 from An- Angelo Fermata? Um, <laughs> Angelo I, from the program. I think I honestly, I just if you get eight and you show real signs of like this team is gonna fucking win some games soon, and maybe out of those nine losses, six of them are competitive and three kind of get away with you. I think that'd be a good year. That is a good year, eight and nine, nine and eight. I, I really think the Jets are going to win nine games. You can't, I, you just got to be a four and three or three and four. You have to play competitive football into the middle part of the season. You have to do it this year. I, I feel like that statement and your quarterback has to play the full year. You and I have been saying for like five years and it never happens. It just, that's all we need. Just one thing. It hasn't happened. You're 100% right. And if we end up going, if the Jets go seven and ten, and they start off one and six, and then you know win three of the last four, 
it'll then we have to hear the whole should we tank of course not we shouldn't tank but that whole i can't do that anymore can't do it not this year not this year zach gained who wins the potato sack race between the o-line and d-line wow it's gotta be the d-line right definitely a d-line they're more athletic good question zach but i'm going with d-line this is a skinnier d-line than usual too like we talked about no more foley yeah that's why they give up 190 yards per game in rushing what concerns you more Zach stopping by for Mother's Day breakfast or Braxton chasing down your date on Valentine's Day? Oh, geez, that's a great question. I Zach is now notorious for fucking mothers, and you know he knows that, and you know the moms know that. So, like, my mom knows that. She she heard the story. So I think knows. I'm more scared of Braxton. I, I'll be like, yeah, younger, you know, because it's younger woman if it's the person that we're dating valentine's day very romantic mother's day you're not getting very sexual it's more of a you know happy holiday to spend time with your family the thing is if there's a if there's a picture of you and your girl (laughs) hanging out with braxton or you and your mom and zach wilson you are getting more roasted from your boys for the zach wilson photo it's true that's that's the only element that my mom's gonna like fuck zach wilson on mother's day it's terrible (laughs) We don't need that. Don't need that. Our boy Wani said, when's the Oregon Trail episode coming out? Oh, we should do that. We got to do that soon. Definitely. And who would you rather face? Beckton, AVT, side of the line, or negative tweets from Christian Twitter handles? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that place, dude. I'd rather rather face off against the Christian Twitter handles. I feel like I do a good enough job when I clap back on people on Twitter. To not act triggered or like offended, but just be like, I'm gonna be petty and give your place a one star review on Google. Hilarious. Like that is more that is, that's why I think I get away with more than I than I should because I don't get actually upset about it. I'm just like, all right, I'm tired of you tweeting at me. One star review. Right. Hit him where it hurts. And then the final question from A or T's with two and a half minutes left on the program. What other moves do you think the Jets are going to make before the season starts? I think the Jets need to sign another backup offensive tackle. Yeah, that's that's really that's about it. I mean, it's not like the team is perfect, but I don't see them making a big splash unless you want to go out and trade for Jesse Bates would be the one guy you kind of hear about would be awesome. And he would fit with the nucleus of this team. But I would I I don't you know, I'm super high on Becton and I'm glad that the narrative is going back the other way to people supporting him but you got to bring in some kind of veteran you know morgan moses type dude yeah and i'm fine with it here's my only call out why i don't think they're going to i think they're fine with chuma being one of them i think they're hoping that max mitchell can ramp up quickly and be the other is Connor mcdermott dead or is he still technically on the roster he's on the team and he has more touchdowns than denzel Mims. Fair. So then you have they have three that I they kind of like, I guess. And then there is an element which I don't want to ever happen. But if you're ever in a bind and you're in a big game, you can't have Chuma Doga or Max Mitchell out there. You could theoretically put Elijah Vera Tucker at right tackle because he played there at USC. So yeah. I think maybe they just keep the three, you know, all the tackles that they have. But I get the argument to bring in another one. I'm not. I would never deny that. Yeah, they have depth. Um... But again, for if if someone goes down, a fan goes down for six or seven weeks, then the Jets are in, you know you're in trouble. You can't 
I wouldn't rely on any of those other options. But like you said, I guess they would probably move ABT to one of the tackles um, and shift, maybe start Feeney or slide someone else in the, in the inside. 100%. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Broadway Jets podcast. We'll try to do it more once a week now. The season's getting going. And then the Oregon Trail episode coming out soon. Also, the YouTube. I posted a clip on the YouTube today. Oh, very some, nice. Some guy commented, he goes, it's the YouTube back question mark. Haven't posted in six months. So maybe we get that going again. <laughs> All right, I'm in. We'll make Aaron do it. Our, our quote-unquote producer. Love him. All right, Mike. Have a good night, buddy. Peace out, bud.